Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show have been waiting for it could tell us what the fed may or may not be doing on may 3rd so let's go through the numbers and i actually should be wearing my swing and a miss shirt i just realized i should have put that on and i didn't why because cpi headline inflation was expected to be 5.2 and i called i believe 5.6 i consider that a miss i was wrong I was wrong. Yes, I was. Uh, Encore, uh, we did get what we expected. We did get uh, 5.6. And unfortunately, as we talked about, that one I got right. So a swing and a miss on headline by a mile, but we got core right. And again, we need to talk about core because as I keep highlighting to you, core is the important number for the Fed. So let's go through the numbers. Let's review where we were, where we are, and where we might be going. First, last month headline inflation was 6%. It was expected to be 5.2, and it came in at 5%. So inflation went down 1% in a month. Not bad. Somebody might actually say that inflation went down 12.5%. If you want to look at it that way, you can, right? It went from 6 to 5%. Core was 5.5, now is 5. Point, or what expectations were 5.6, and it came in at 5.6. There's a couple of things to realize. Headline is now on a nine-month trajectory lower. Uh, we did have a monster base effect, a 1.2 moved off. Uh, so again, uh, it was replaced by a 0.1. Uh, so that was a huge drop. The next base effect for next month is not as generous. Uh, so we will see if headline inflation continues its drop down. Core inflation, unfortunately, unfortunately, we have broke trend. We have broke trend. We are no longer declining. We went up in core inflation. There's a couple of things that that means. One, I now believe it is a lock, a lock that we get a 25 basis point raise on May 3rd. You can't be going into this with your inflation readings going up. And that is what we got this morning from Core. Inside Core, if you don't know, housing is the largest contributor. Powell knows, and frankly, all the Fed presidents know, and hopefully you know by now, that housing will start to get better will start to be a negative input to it uh, come July or August. It is just the way it is calculated. Housing is still a large component. In fact, housing, if memory serves, was up 8%, 8.2%. Again, everybody's talking about, including Billionaire Barry, that rents are coming down. Sorry, it's not how it is calculated. It is a rolling 12 months. So again, housing will start to improve in the summer. Uh, but until then, uh, I think we get another quarter point. The other thing that I think is very interesting, and this doesn't happen that often, 
But like we talked about yesterday or the day before, core inflation at 5.6 is now above headline inflation. How's that? Yes, yeah, so that means if you strip out oil, energy, and strip out food, inflation is higher. How can that be? Well, last month, in, uh, energy was generally down and food was flat, if you believe the numbers that were reported. So again, core inflation above headline and core inflation going up, a la 25 basis point move May 3rd. And I still think and I hope that is the last rate increase. Folks, we got a, I got a text this morning from one of our experts, Ty, who we talk to every Friday. And he said, Michael, why are mortgage rates going up when the 10-year bond is falling? This is something that we have talked about over the last week or so. Banks are tightening up credit. In fact, I believe it was the Three Amigos had a discussion about what investors and homeowners are not ready for. And what we said basically is rates can come down, but the tighter credit will be basically a positive impact on rates. And what is actually occurring right now is banks are widening the spread. I think I looked the other day, the spread is almost 300 basis points. Historically speaking, when you look back decades, it's about 180 to 190 basis points. So right now, banks are not lending as much, so they want to be more profitable on those loans. That is what I think is happening. I think we get our next rate increase and hopefully our last. Then you will see banks generally collapse the spread. I think there may be a few folks out there that not only see a rate increase in May, but maybe a follow one on June and July. So in essence, why, are, why is the tenure generally down and mortgage rates up? It's because banks can't. They're making a bigger profit. They're increasing their spread. Ty, hopefully uh, that helped you and others that had that question. Thank you for sending that to me. So something I talked about yesterday or a couple of days ago was a commercial apartment building, 3,200 units, 3,200 units in Houston, Texas. This was the first example that I have found of many syndications going bust. We talked about how the lender was not really suffering losses, but it was all the equity. We got a few questions from you about what is equity, what is debt. So I want to draw a picture for you. This is very simplistic. Let me get a different color real quick. This is very simplistic, but this is generally how a syndication works. Why I have been warning limited partners, you, yes, you've out there, that you have lost all your money and you don't know it yet. So hopefully you can see this. I've drawn a little rectangle, $270 million. That is the price for four apartment buildings, 3,200 uh, units in Houston, Texas. This deal was done a year ago. And again, I don't know the spread, uh, but this is generally speaking. So some partner out there decides to overpay for a building so he can get his fees and all of that stuff. He goes out and basically raises 300 million. But Michael, he only needs 270. Well, he needs money for operations, for value add, for all of that. So again, they go out and they raise 300 million. So this is plus 30. 
Okay, so 270 million for the building, 30 million for operations. And again, I'm making this up for easy math. So now what happens? Well, a lender will come in and lend at the time probably 80% of the purchase. So again, we're gonna do easy math for round numbers. If the purchase was 270, let's say, actually, you know what? I think I have the loan amount. Let me see if I actually have the loan amount. Uh, no, I don't. So let's, let's do this. Let's call it 220 million. No, let's call it 210. Why isn't this getting off? Okay, so again, there's debt of 210. This is debt. You can think of this as a first mortgage. In fact, it is a first mortgage. So it's cross collateralized or a portfolio loan. It's one big loan. So they've got $210 million from, hey buddy, thank you for, uh, thank you so much. Oh, it should be April 12th, not March. Thank you, I will change that. Need more coffee. So again, so we got a loan for 210 million, but Michael, I need 300 million. That is the equity, the equity, 90 million bucks. So in this case, this uh, general partner who overpaid for an asset goes out to the public and because money is free and limited partners are, uh, I don't know, they didn't do their homework well enough. They go out and raise $90 million in this example. This building goes bust in a year they end up selling the building in foreclosure for 196. So what happened? First off, the general partners out of the deal, probably didn't have any skin in the game, who cares? The debt, right, they loaned 210, they're getting 196 back, minus fees and all of that. So they're gonna take a $14 million haircut. The debt takes a $14 million haircut, about, what is that? 5%, 5%, maybe 6% of loan value. But guess what happens to the equity? Guess what happens to all 90 million? All 90 million. I want a different color. Gone, bye-bye. Wiped out, zero, nothing. This is what I was trying to warn limited partners. The deals were being overpaid, record, cap, record low cap rates, inexperienced, inexperienced operators. This, these people got lucky with timing and unfortunately the limited partners lost. This is why commercial won't be like the Great Recession. It's the debt. Why was the Great Recession so bad? Because in this example, they raised 80% on the loan in the Great Recession, housing, people were getting 101, 102% loan values. So the bank had to eat all of it. There was very little equity to be lost. So hopefully that makes sense. We got some questions and I wanted to make sure we answered that for you. So Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett was interviewed on CNBC this morning. I was up and I watched it. He slipped a little nugget that I don't think anybody picked up on it. Warren Buffett indicated that A, he looks at his, his company numbers every day. He talked about his leaders of his businesses saying, we're not where we, where we thought we would be six months ago, meaning it's worse in most cases. But he dropped a little nugget. 
he has some retail businesses. And he said one of his retail businesses is down 22%. Folks, my thesis is, again, you can go back and look at it. I believe the consumer broke. And I believe Warren Buffett just put something on the table for us to look at. And it is not a pretty picture. So again, he dropped it. Uh, hopefully, CNBC will cut it up and maybe we'll talk about it. But yeah, very interesting. Housing bottom. You can go back, and I called the housing bottom six or eight weeks ago. It now looks like more and more folks are calling the housing bottom. The one and only Lance Lambert, our Thursday expert and fortune editor, uh, did a great piece basically saying that CoreLogic, CoreLogic is now calling the housing bottom. Welcome to the party, CoreLogic. Happy to have you. Uh, growth in February was down or up in price. This is price, 0.8%. It is very interesting to realize that Case Shiller, the gold standard, the platinum standard of values, won't post February numbers. This is, you can't make this stuff up. Case Shiller won't report February numbers until April 25th. <laughs> I chuckle. That is, that is so late as to be absurd. Again, CoreLogic saying, just to, be, just to be clear, there are people still calling for a housing uh, decline this year. I want to make sure I cite them correctly. Fannie Mae and Moody's are still calling for a 3 and 4% decline in calendar year 2023. As you know, folks, in one of my January calls, I am calling out John Burns Real Estate Consulting. When I did that, I believe John Burns Real Estate Consulting was calling for a 20% decline. I thought that was absurd, and I hoped by middle of May, I think I said, that they will change their opinion. I have not seen John Burns with a recent forecast, but I have to assume one's coming, and it ain't going to be down. They aren't going to be uh, doubling down on a negative 20%. That is my wild guess, but we shall see what is coming. Do you know what the average home appreciation is since 1987? What is that, 35 years, 36 years? The average home appreciation year after year after year is just over 4%. So CoreLogic is calling for 2023 about 3.7% February to February. Again, historical averages, again, back to 1987 is just over 4%. Something to think about. And again, having a year where we had 20% increase is not okay, not healthy. Uh, we are gonna. We pulled forward a lot of appreciation, so very interesting to look at. For those that are looking at new home construction and saying that's where the pain is, once again, you missed. Did you know that in the last Great Recession, which was definitely re, um, residential-oriented, builders had about, roughly speaking, 200,000 uh, units for sale? Do you know what they have for sale today? The answer is 70,000. As we've been talking about for a month on this channel, builders slowed down, they managed their income statement. Then they used their financial flexibility instead of price cuts to do rate buy downs. Now they are cleaning up, they are gaining market share. Builders are crushing it in this market because existing home sales are so down. New listings are down 22%. And I still believe there is no spring housing bump although I will point out that Logan from Housing Wire thinks I am wrong 
uh, which is great. He looks at this data every week. When in doubt, go follow Logan. He is amazing. But I, I'm going to stay by my call. No inventory bump is coming. Blackstone. Folks, there's been a lot of people throwing rocks at Blackstone, right? They're one of their REITs. They're only limiting distributions and all of that. Well, guess what? I think I said this about six months ago. As we go into the commercial pain that is now here, I expect Blackstone to raise another fund and have that fund focused on distressed commercial properties. Blackstone don't play. I think his name's Jeffrey Gray. Might be Jeff Gray. I forget. Anyways, he is what he is the best real estate investor that I know. And they just closed a $30 billion fund to put to work into the upcoming crisis. Guys, if you didn't think Blackstone was going to step up and take advantage of what's coming, you're not paying attention. Oh, by the way, this is the biggest or largest real estate fund ever. Ever. It is, in fact, 50, no, 48% bigger than their last fund, which at the time was the biggest fund ever. Pretty wild to think about. So we got some uh, data on mortgage apps. Mortgage apps are up 8% week on week. Again, folks, we know that as rates come down, demand picks up for one of the first steps is a mortgage application. It is very clear as rates come down, it unlocks demand, but it doesn't. Un this is kind of the same story. Everything below the median is on fire, bidding wars, all of this stuff. Credit. We are starting to see the early signs of credit tightening changing very quickly. Small business, access to credit. In fact, there was a New York Fed uh, survey. 58.2% of small and medium business said it is harder to get credit. That is a record high for the survey. Think about that. I think this survey goes back like 25 years. It is a hard getting credit. And I actually think it gets harder. We shall see. So one of the things that you've been following me on this channel is this California dream. We've dug into it. We now know it helped roughly 2,600 people. I am now getting notes from people who were hurt by it. This, I think, will become the California nightmare. There will people who thought this was their only chance to get a home. They were excited. They once again believed it was possible. And in 12 days, it all went away. So there's already been a couple of surveys talking about what are people doing now? One, they're simply not looking. Hey, Martin, how you doing? Hey, Martin Weiser. How are you? It's been a long time, my friend. Martin and I used to work together. He's a heck of a lot smarter than I am. So uh, California Dream. One, they're no longer looking. I expect people who got all excited the last two weeks to basically, the system doesn't work, I can't do it. It's going to defeat them maybe forever. Two, the ones that are still looking have to reset their price points. Again, California was going to give them or lend them 20, a silent second for 20% down payment, which means they can shop for a higher priced home. Now the ones that are still looking have to reset $100,000 lower Guess what we are talking about here? There is no inventory. Three, 
they're hoping and waiting for rates to come down. Folks, this is an affordability thing. And again, if you can't have somebody give you the down payment or a silent second with zero interest, then rates have to come down. Four, they're gonna save more. And then finally, they're looking at other programs. I think the California dream was hoping more people would look for other programs, but here's the deal. It's not coming. You have, you created hope and then you crushed it. You created hope. And there is nothing like hope being dashed or crushed to be a real, real problem. So folks, a couple of things as we close up. First, let's congratulate Matt. Matt, congratulations for getting your next deal. I am so happy for you. Your card will go out in the mail. Folks, if you're new to the channel and you don't know what these are, these are things that I send out to people that do the work and get a deal. This is called the golden ticket. If you get your first deal in one rental at a time helped, I want to send you one. And then if you get your next deal or your 10th deal or your 20th deal, I want to send you one of these for every single deal you do. Yes, only ever get one of these, but you can get dozens of these. So let me know. And of course, on Sunday, we are doing the Legends of Real Estate Investing. There are a few seats left. If you want to join four hours of talking to millionaires and multimillionaires and asking your questions, feel free to join. I will put a link below. If you are tired of not understanding what to do in real estate, it starts with a buy box. There is a two-hour event I put together, which you can go download. It's 47 bucks after that. So like, subscribe, comment. Again, CPI day. Headline down, core up. I think that means we get 25 basis points May 3rd. Take care. Have a wonderful day. Nice to talk to you, Martin. Been a long time. Bye.